248? He said with a question mark? <laughs> we, can't, we can't both be unsure. 248. I okay. thought it was 248. I just wasn't sure. Episode 249. Serious Rap Shit Podcast. I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. <laughs> Yo, when I wrote the rundown for the episode, I checked uh-huh. several times that it was 248 because I swore we were past 248. So I was like, yeah. Wait, is this a mistake? So I like went back twice into our into our folder and was like, "There's another episode 248, right?" I'm sure, and no, there yeah. wasn't. So, shit, it's like you go out the crib and you you pop your head back in to see if you like left the iron or <laughs> left the oven or Yo, some shit. I've I used to, I don't know if that's like a, an OCD thing or some shit like that. I used to have issues, like I would like leave the crib and be like, "Wait, did I lock the door?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely a did I lock the door person. Yeah, or been like, oh shit, like you said, like did I leave the iron on? Did I leave the stove on? Mm-hmm. Did I especially like when I was super poor and I was using the stove to like heat the apartment shit? Okay. <laughs> like now I mean niggas cribs <laughs> caught on fire, not attending to shit properly. Yeah, bro. Like I You know, irons irons now, like you uh you have more too long. This shit will just automatically. Yeah, it cuts off. Yeah, it'll just cut off. Yeah, I do. I'm still freaked by irons and shit. Like I'm super like I'm so scared of getting burnt mm. and shit like that, or burning my clothes and shit. Like I'm still really? super sketchy with irons. Yeah, I like I like to iron my shit. Like I, I do like I find mm-hmm. it like kind of relaxing. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. find like doing the dishes or doing laundry. I find that kind of shit relaxing. I think it's a. Oh, chill, um, yeah. It's an ADHD thing of like slowing my brain, like to, it's like a task for my brain to do. And there's instant mm-hmm. reward because I know, like, once it's done, I know that, oh, the clothes are washed and then I can put them yep. away. So there's an instant reward. Um, I'm learning that, like, that's a big thing for me. Like, mm. the instant reward process is huge for me. And yeah. um, so, like, that kind of stuff is very rewarding to me because it's like it's like taking the trash out for me. Once I know I have all the trash out, I feel so, like, fu- like not fulfilled, but, like, I feel good because I'm like, the task is done. It's like, yo, I did it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think there's a thing with, like, ADHD where um, uh, you you do so much of, like, putting tax, tasks off because so much stuff feels mm-hmm. like um, – I didn't understand this. Like I, it, dude, I went to the to the my regular doctor uh, for the first time in mm-hmm. months because my my doctor retired, which unfortunately I'm very upset about because I loved my yeah. my PCP. She was great. Um, so I had to get a new one, and um, so I went to them the other day, and as I was talking to her, you know, like I'm giving her my background. She has all my notes, but like she like I'm talking through my background, and I was like, oh, yeah. and I just tested positive, like I just took the test for ADHD, and I have it. She was like, yeah, I was gonna ask if you have it because like my son has it, and I see like a lot of his shit in you. Oh wow! And huh. it's rewarding to know that you're not like. The only person, like, dude, I actually had to look up, uh, um, inner monologue 
and like I googled it the other day because I've been scared for a long time. I I always thought like, yo, am I crazy? Because like I have a constant inner money monologue running. Like mm-hmm. you know, you hear like people who have voices in their head are crazy and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like I constantly have a running monologue in my head and very much like the main character syndrome and all that kind mm-hmm. of shit. And um, just the overactive imagination and all that. And so like. I had to like Google that and be like, yo, am I crazy? Like, because I, I have like inner monologue. Yeah. And so it's been rewarding to like find stuff out and find out. Um, and I, and like me and her were discussing it and I said to her like, yeah, you know, it's like, um, it's nice to find out that you're not the only person who does things these way, this way. And also that you're not, uh, you're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah, with the, the inner monologue thing, I think uh, I'm not a doctor, so y'all, <laughs> y'all listening, don't don't you know take this. We've to spent heart. a lot of but time I, with doctors the last few years. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I know some doctors uh, on a, a very personal level, but I think uh, if you hear voices, if you hear your own voice in your head. You're not crazy. Mm-hmm. You hear somebody else's. Yeah. Voice in your head. <laughs> you might be fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, I didn't realize that. I, I, I always like, I wasn't sure. And I was afraid to ask because, like, I don't want to sound fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, when I was sick, it got to a point where I was like, you know, I was, I was hallucinating and shit, mm-hmm. like the, the craziest shit. It got to a point where my mind had kind of came back a little bit. I was still seeing buck wild shit, but like I would be like if you came to the hospital or like, you know, like my mom or whoever, you know, there would be times where I would essentially be pretending like I was cool and we'd be talking, but it'd be some crazy shit. Like <laughs> standing in the background figures and all kind of like bugged out shit. So I, you know, it's uh it's it's comforting to know that uh you know whatever's going on with you you know that you're on solid ground mm-hmm. cuz the the other feeling of not being on solid ground mentally is yeah. obviously it's a fucking trip i remember watching um one of the Cheech and Chong movies when i was a kid and mm-hmm. uh, cuz my mom was like wild like she embraced a lot of that like counterculture nice. shit so, like, yeah. I watched that when I was, like, way too young to, like, watch, like, fucking Cheech and Chong movies, probably, like, before 10. But I remember mm. watching that shit and going, like, and there was a one where they lock up Cheech in, like, an insane asylum. Oh, shit, yeah. And I also remember the scene from Scrooged. You you remember, you know the John Scrooge with Bill Murray? Where he's, like, a T. It's Scrooge oh, yeah, where he's a TV yeah, yeah. executive. And they mm-hmm. lock up the one kid because he doesn't talk after his dad got killed or some shit like that. Oh, Dude, wow. I used to have like intense fear of uh, like insane asylums, like being locked in like a straitjacket. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I still yeah. to this day have like a real fear of that. Um, yeah, and, and, and like that fear of like like n- not being crazy, but someone thinks you're crazy. Ooh, yeah. And you're trying to convince yes. the world. Dude, I, like, I used to have no, such no, a fear no. of that, yo. And then, like, to no, come no, find no. out that, like, they did that regularly to people. Like, they would lock people up. Like, if, oh, yeah. if you were rich and powerful, you could, like, lock people up. Like, they did that shit. I just posted about this. 
um, there was a movie called The Changeling with um, Angelina Jolie, and it's I think it's like set, oh, wow. it's set in the fifties, I think. And this woman in L.A. like loses like her son gets kidnapped, and mm-hmm. the cops couldn't find him, so they just brought back a random kid. And we're like, he's yours. Oh, no. And when she was like, no, he's not. There's something wrong. They locked her up. Yeah. They're like, you're the one that's crazy. (laughs) What? And like, I have, dude, there's like, that speaks to such a fear inside of me of like, they will just lock you up. If they, like, if you are a problem, then like, then like, as you get older and you learn more and more about how like our psychiatric facilities in this country were criminal. Uh, it's certain mm-hmm. places now they barely exist, but like they were just like criminal facilities at a certain point where they just like, oh yeah, like you're locked up and like you're treated poorly for like, you know, and, and also I remember being younger and being told like I did have learning disabilities um, when I was like mm-hmm. third or fourth grade, they suggested I had learning di- disabilities and I don't, you know, it was Philly public school. So no one did anything about it. Um, right. right. So, uh, me again, like not understanding like these things, was very scared of like this idea that like oh I, there's yeah. something wrong up here and like what that does that mean like I could get like what if I lock me up in a fucking room and like it like yeah. that kind of thing like just started like really that would just feed into my anxieties. It's a scary fucking thought. Yeah, and then to know that like it just happens, they just lock people up for no fucking like don't just oh. lock you up for no reason. <laughs> you know, back in the day. They was locking niggas up if you was like a political dissident, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, or if like I don't know, you stood to like inherit some money that like they a rich person wanted. It's locking niggas. Oh, you a witch? Yep. Lock you up or yeah. Well, bro, just it was arbitrary. So you know that uh, Killers of the Flower Moon movie that Scorsese did, right? That's yep. based in Oklahoma. They the, the mm-hmm. theft from the Osage that happened in Oklahoma. And then you look at uh, you look at um, the Tulsa bombing, the the you know Black Wall Street bombing, and then you go, well, these are just two cases in one state that we had. Like, mm-hmm. I knew about the Black Wall Street bombing at a younger age just because like I read a little more and like listened to militant hip hop, so like I kind of understood. I knew, right? So we yeah. knew a little bit about that when we were younger. Not, I, I didn't know a lot of the facts. I just knew a little bit about that. Had no idea about the Osage murders or anything like that to steal their their land and, and oil rights. Just think of all the shit we do not know about. That's just two right. things from one state. Yep. Yep. And just think of the, the massive amounts of shit we have no idea that that happened in this country under the guise of like white supremacy capitalism and all that kind of shit yeah you said the same state there's oil in oklahoma you know what i'm saying like these motherfuckers the the playbook don't change absolutely the playbook does not change no you know what i'm saying like if they can find oil natural gas coltan somewhere you know they wiping out Mm -hmm. the people who are are standing on that land yeah that's that's colonialism 101 absolutely absolutely like it's it's no absolutely no surprise when you watch anything happen and you go like oh then all of a sudden like like we find some reason to bomb an area and then they're just like oh look what we discovered some kind of natural gas in this this area or yeah (laughs) Yeah. stupid shit yeah (laughs) 
It's like there's there's coal here all of a sudden. I, we had absolutely no yeah. idea. We had no idea when we started this war yeah. in this random fucking place. There was all these yeah. lithium. There's all this lithium here. We had absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah. so happens that like all these uh, mining companies are now bidding on this land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, we are the, it, living at the foot of the, you know, living in the belly of the fucking beast in of the empire is, I, listen, man, we are, we're protected a lot because we exist within the empire. Yeah. But we're also poor within the empire and minorities within the empire. So, like, we are, we, we face the, the rot of the empire and then also the benefits of the empire, which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's why it's, it's, when we talked about I, I think we talked about it even on this podcast before when we talked about um, like uh, workers rights overall. And that includes like in, you know, underdeveloped countries and like, mm-hmm. hey, man, like you can like that idea that like, oh, well, like we everything we subsist off of is comes from like, you know, exploitation, ex- exploitation and shit. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Yeah, we're not, um, you know, we're captive in this shit. Yes. You know what I'm saying? As as uh, Westerners and oppressed within this shit. Um, but also another like dynamic of colonialism. The, the state is extracting resources and wealth from other places that we, that, 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 uh, increase our standard of living. You know what I'm saying? I might not. I'll, I'll be uh, 43, which sounds insane. I'll be 43 next week, uh, or this week. I don't fucking know. Soon. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what day. <laughs> I don't is, know. To be honest. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know days. It's, it's fucking. The sun is going down at five o'clock. I don't know yeah. what fucking day it is. I wouldn't have made it this long, maybe. In certain other places mm-hmm. in the world, you know what I'm saying. I, I might not have made it to this age, um, so yeah. And I, you know, it's. I think that it creates. I don't want to get too far uh, off into this, but I think that uh, that dynamic of being oppressed by uh, colonialism, but also being a, a beneficiary of it. I think it creates like a, a fucked up uh, psychological Stockholm dynamic. syndrome of like, yeah, you need this empire. I need the empire to exist for me to exist. Yeah, and we we I think that uh, we see that uh, kind of fucked up uh, relationship. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and conflicted mentality. Um, it plays out in how we protest shit and how we. You know, form our politics. Mm-hmm. The shit, the shit don't ever. Uh, it's not a thing that's that's not influencing how we act, think, believe, feel, all that other shit. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing I did want to touch on. Um, I got to see a group last week that man shaped so much of my like, so much of my youth. In just how fun and different they were to what mm. was general in like hip hop, and that was the far side. 
Um, I got to see the far side this past week, and man, what a show! I adored the far side as a kid. Me too. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I kind of I I knew they were coming to Philly, and I made a mental note like, oh, I should go see the far side, but. It completely like yeah. I talked to you and you were like, "Oh yeah, I saw the Far Side last night." And I was like, "Fuck, that was last <laughs> night!" Like I just, it just it slipped my mind because I definitely would have went to see them. Um, but yeah, the the you know those first two records in particular, mm-hmm. "Bizarre Ride to the Far mm-hmm. Side" and uh, "Lab Cab in California," flawless records. Yeah, as far Certified as I'm classics. concerned, yeah, flawless records and. I can't think of too many groups that came out the gate and got record like two albums you can't even skip. No. Like you can't even skip a song on their album. Them first two far side records, man, are are fucking fantastic. Uh I hope uh Fat Lips stops being a fucking trumper. Yeah. Uh and I hope that they all get together. Yes. The four, mm-hmm. the core four. And and squash whatever y'all had going on. Yeah, booty. I don't know. I'm on the outside looking in. I don't fucking know. Booty Brown wasn't there. Um, uh, they basically like and at one point they started to go into it and then like quickly jumped out of it. Oh shit! So they were about to be like, yeah, this <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they Yo. started to go in and then were just like. That's a story for another time. And I was like, I kind of uh, want that for my article. Could y'all right. like finish? <laughs> 13 year old me would have cried. Like, <laughs> like, y'all niggas is beefing. Dude, that's the yeah, one yo. thing. Because they're always these young dudes in my head. Like, they're, mm-hmm. you know, late teens, early 20s, far side. Like, that's what they always are in my head. Yeah. Seeing them now is like, man, they look. Not old, just like they look like fucking. I mean, their age. Yeah. I look like a grown up too, so I get it. Like you know what I mean. But it's just, it's weird, man. It's it's a thing too where like I still see you as the John Morrison I met when I was fucking fourteen, fifteen years old or whatever. Yeah. And jo- our friend Justin, like every one of you guys, like when I I bumped into a friend of ours, not bumped into, I stopped at a friend of ours, noticed his house, and um, it was the first time I seen him in about a year, and uh. He had grays in his beard before, but like a good chunk of his beard was gray. And I literally, I couldn't stop staring at it as I was talking to him. I'm just like, holy shit. No, this got a shit ton of gray hair in his beard. Mad gray. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I mentioned it to my mom and my mom was just like, well, you guys are older. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I know, mom, but like. Yeah. He's always going to be the dude I met in the back of, you know what I mean, Mr. Anderson's class. Oh, not Mr. Anderson. What the fuck was his name? Um, I can't think of his, that teacher's name, but like I met Notice in the back of that class. Like I he'll yeah. always be that dude to me because he'll be the dude who walked in with Jabo jeans and like a polo sport long sleeve yeah, shirt. Like shit. that's how I remember him. So it's yeah. always how yeah. I remember him. I remember your black jacket that you used to wear to school every day. These are the things that, like, that's how I still see. Not that I, 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 like, I refuse to believe you guys have grown up or anything like that. It's just those, that's, uh, yeah, you guys are always that. Like, my kids are always going to be, like, little kids to me because I'm always going to see them that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so watching them perform, but also watching them perform these songs and going, like, man, these fucking songs are timeless. Dog. 
Like, name a bad Far Side song. There isn't one, bro. Name a bad one. There isn't one. They do. They didn't do like they have so many dope songs. I was literally going like, well, they could have. They didn't do this one. They could have did this. They, they could have did, did that. that. Yeah, yeah. Like Dog. they didn't do like groupie time or what's the name of that uh, group? Oh, groupie therapy. Groupie therapy. Yeah, yeah. So hello, hello, hello. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mad songs like that. You saying that and seeing like uh, your like feeling of like seeing them. It's like damn. I remember y'all was young boys when y'all put these records out. I had a very similar feeling when Souls of Mischief came to Philly. Another group that I fucking... They were like my two, mm-hmm. really. You know what I mean? Like Farside and Souls of Mischief, I, I fucking absolutely loved. And I was watching them on stage, and I was like, fuck, man. Y'all was babies when y'all made these records. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was one of the things, too. Is babies. I'm looking at it, I'm like... Yo, these dudes made songs because they they were talking about Bizarre Ride's thirty years old. Like, it literally came out thirty mm-hmm. years ago, and they're doing these songs like Your Mama and shit like that. And I'm like, this shit is timeless. Like, yeah. literally, sounds like it could have came out today and it would have been yeah. just as good. Yeah, motherfuckers uh, out here performing strong. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know I've I mean? seen a, a like, bunch dang. of like quote unquote legacy artists. And this year, and like they still put on such an amazing show. Yeah, yeah. you know, it was great. It was it was really great. It was a great night. It was fun. Um, and really, that's what I look for. That's what I look for in my like when I do these kind of things. Like I just want to enjoy the night. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to us first uh, to be covering with uh your with list. Shout out to list with your partner. Um, yeah, yeah. first to be covering the Lauren Hill show if she decides to have it. Lauren Hill gonna show up, yo. Watch. <laughs> Listen, I think Liz has seen Lauren Hill like multiple times. <laughs> I think she's like I think she co- has like, seen her. Yeah, I think she said. Yeah, that. I yeah. think like multiple times she's like been able to catch her. That's hey, listen. She hopefully then she, she'll come <laughs> this time. Game. Yeah, because I fucking. <laughs> like, oh wait, let's go be there, babe. If let's I show know. up and she doesn't, <laughs> if I show up to work and she don't, <laughs> listen, we'll have a problem. Uh, I've I've never experienced that one time. Um, it was the uh, Def Jux tour. I think it was like me, Steve, and Just went to see uh, Def Jux and Cannibal Ox. Like they like they broke up before the show and didn't. Oh play. wow! I remember we were in the parking lot. This shit is like. <laughs> Super backpack shit. We was in a parking lot. I was like battling Cyphering. niggas. <laughs> I'm like battling niggas in a parking lot and shit, waiting for uh this Def Junk show. And I remember a kid came out the side of the uh like a side entrance and was like, Hey guys, sorry to let y'all know. Uh Cannibal Ox broke up before the show, so they're not playing tonight. We was booing and shit. Boo. Like, you know what I mean? But I've never experienced like the Lauren thing where well, like years ago. Up. Yeah. Yeah, niggas was saying she just wouldn't come or like she come crazy late. I yeah, man. I've I've never fortunately I've never experienced that at a, at a at a show. You know what's wild, bro, is that like there was a time when I would literally be like, "Yo, let's go to this show because I want to rhyme." Like I want to go there to rhyme with other people. Yeah, yeah. Now, dude, I if I I just want to hear the main people that need to rhyme. Like just just please let the main people rhyme. <laughs> now, you remember going to shows and like 12 niggas be before me. <laughs> 
before whoever you came to see. Last time I did that shit, I had a stri- I, I got strep throat. Like the next week, I'll never. I think it's bad luck, bro. Like I'll never do it again. Yeah. I never. Oh, last time I went to a show and like nine people before, before like the real opener. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was like, I can't yeah. do this, bro. They used to just get niggas, and then like when you young, I know when I was young, like now, if I go to a show. And the artist that uh, I'm going to see is on at like 10. I'm pulling up at like 9.58. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't pull up to my DJ. I, I, I might edit some of this shit out. I'm not trying to stick around for shit. When I was a kid, if the doors yeah. was at 7, I was pulling up at like 7. Yep. And watch just... Just for the love of watching niggas rap. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the opener don't come on until like 930 or some shit. Just there. I've been in a venue standing on concrete floors. Yep. In some sneaks. <laughs> Just watching Buying two well hours. Let me get a, a rum and coke. Yeah. <laughs> standing there. Just to watch niggas rap. When I was like 19, man, oh. you couldn't tell me shit. Now, you stay there and watch these niggas rap. Nope. Nope. Can't do it. If you said, if it. it says doors at eight, I know no one's going on stage till nine. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm telling you now. Oh, yeah. Don't look for me at eight. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If it says doors at if, eight, don't look for me at eight. I will say this. If I'm. Uh, Doing a uh, a review of a live show, I'll show up on time. I try to always catch the get, opener. Try to get all the openers, mm-hmm. but it's is is the reason why I don't do live shows that much because I don't want to be in the fucking venue all day. Yeah, you know, see all standing night. Around I don't want to do that shit, dude. Like with my back, I just can't do the standing around all. That's why, I, like the one thing that I'm really looking forward to with the Lauren show is is that fucking Wells Fargo. So I'll have a seat. And like, if she takes an hour, well, I'll be sitting down and on my phone for an hour, Oof. like, Dog, we... <laughs> and I'll be killing her from my uh, <laughs> my my socket, my my sock pumping account on Twitter. <laughs> right, I was gonna say you be on Twitter on the burner. Yeah. Man, Lauren ain't show up. <laughs> I showed up to work. Lauren did. <laughs> Yo, dog, we went um months ago. We had the best time. This is. Also, something I might edit out because I don't want to look like a like I'm pretentious. My thing lately has been doing like really like middle of the road shit. Like I love it. Like because you know we we spent our twenties in like the den of iniquity, like the worst of the worst places. Yeah. But also like freaky like avant garde shits. Absolutely. So I think that my brain now wants like super middle of the road stuff like i love going to like xfinity like we went to xfinity live um and they had uh like a taco festival and we were just like in eagles gear probably walking around like eating tacos they had wrestling they had a big ring in the middle of xfinity dog i was so happy and it gave me the same rush as like going to fucking noise shows in the 2000s. I was so excited. But we went to um what the fuck? Uh it was like out in the burbs and one of the dudes 
from NSYNC was doing like a pop tour. Mm-hmm. Like all of the like groups, like the pop groups from like the 90s and the 2000s. And the dude from NSYNC like hosted it. And Liz wanted to go because he grew up yeah, in NSYNC. Yeah, yeah. NSYNC. Dog, we went. It was so much fun. <laughs> and it was so middle of the road. And I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. And they had fucking seats. <laughs> so I could I'm sit big on a seat, bro. I love a seat. <laughs> Wherever I'm going, I wanted to have seats. It's got to have seats. I'm big on seats. I, you know how many hours niggas put in standing in basements? Yeah. yeah. Watching I people did my rap time. and do crazy shit? Yeah. Nah, you got to hit me with a seat now. Dog, yeah, I've been to plenty of shows at the fire, yo. Like, I, I did the standing, yo. Like... <laughs> I did it. God bless the fire. I've been I in church basement standing up. Like, I've done all that shit, bro. Like, house parties where I'm standing up. Like, I've done all that. I, I've done those years, bro. I need places with seats. Yo, I went to uh, I went to go see Joe DeRosa. I wrote an article about Joe DeRosa. Um, he's a comedian mm-hmm. from the area. Um, I did an article on him about uh, his comedy and his music. Um, he, he's a big old school hip-hop dude. So I talked a lot of old school hip-hop with him. Um, he actually, he got to give his, he used to be a rapper. So he actually got to give his like, like demo tapes. He gave them to, um, Prince Paul. Cause like he got friendly with Prince Paul, like, um, through the, he does a podcast called taste buds, uh, with the dude, Sal Volcano from the impractical jokers and Sal like met Prince Paul and like got friendly with him. And so, um, he, uh, he like had him on the podcast and they were like talking and, and uh, Joe mentioned that he used to rap and Paul was like, I want to hear that. And so like, he gave him like a cassette of like his old raps and shit. And then like, he said like Prince Paul gave him a bunch of like hard to find cassettes and shit. It was cool. It was a cool interview. And, um, but I got to see him, uh, the week before and, uh, he, um, he had his, uh, his, uh, he started here at, um, the Laugh Factory on South Street, which is like legendary mm-hmm. for anybody from legendary. Philly. Um, and he said, Toure, the comedian Toure is the one who like gave him a start. Uh. Like, you know what I mean? So he opened for him. Um, and he had a show at the TLA and he opened for him. And one of the first things, uh, Toure said was like, when Joe called me and said, like, yo, showtime is at seven o'clock, I was so happy, man. I knew I was going to get out of here before 10. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, you yeah. are not the only one, bro. Like, I'm so happy. Yeah. I want to be out of yeah. here so early. You do not understand how much I want to be back at my house by 10. And he was like, yo, man. Like, he was talking about it and just being like, man, I enjoy, like, being in my house and, like, being home and ready for bed by 10 yeah. o'clock. Like, it's warm. It smells good. Yeah. The food is here. My uh-huh. weed is here. Like, all the shit I need. Listen is here yeah and yeah. i don't like i i'm so i'm so like i'm good on like day parties now like that's my move i don't want to be out <laughs> late like being out late like the latest i want to be out is around 10 o'clock now yeah yeah that'll make like that makes I'll, me happy i'll do it if i'm i'm spinning yeah you know if, if i'm, I'm out but... for a specific reason to go out and enjoy myself cool like i'll stay out and enjoy myself but there's no part of me that's like, I want to go out and stay out late. Yeah. That I'll stay cool. home and stay up to four or five in the morning. I don't even do that no In more. my goddamn house. I don't even do that no <laughs> more, bro. I'm, yo, oh, I was shit. so, 
the other the other night we talked about this before we started recording i did absolutely nothing all weekend like i chilled all fucking mm-hmm. weekend um I, saturday night bro i was getting in bed at 9 30 like I was literally pulling my covers up and I looked at my phone and it said 9 30 and I was like, I'm so happy I'm in bed. <laughs> I was so fucking happy. This picture you just mad cozy. I was, uh, yo, I had the fucking covers at the line deck. I was like, ooh, this is I'm nice and warm. It feels good. I was and I was out probably before 10 30, bro. Cause like someone texted me like later that night and I didn't see it. So like I was yeah. out by like 10 30. Rocked. Yeah, like I I mean, listen, man, I like like I went out to the the what you call show. Didn't get home till like eleven thirty that night. Matter of fact, we talked. We had a phone call the next day, and I told you I was like, "Yeah, man, I ain't get home till fucking like eleven thirty. I was fucking tired." Mm-hmm. So, like, when I have things to do, and so that was part of my head was just like, "Well, shit." Wednesday, I went out and fucking uh, I went out. So, like, it's perfectly okay if this Saturday I'm not doing shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there, and I'm not missing shit. No, you know, there is no fear of missing out no more, y'all. Yeah. I'm chill. Not at all. Um, speaking of fear of missing out, uh, Andre 3000 um, mm-hmm. released a new album, um, New Blue Moon, New Blue Sun, excuse me, um, a completely flute album. He did a uh, an interview with GQ, which I found very um, interesting. For for clarity, it's not completely flute. There's like other Oh, yes, there's other instruments. instruments he's, he's, he's playing, playing flute. Flute and like woodwind instruments, yes. but there's other stuff. It's not just like yeah, it's not just flute. a flute album. Although yeah. low flute key centric, kind of would have like loved the all flute record. <laughs> just hit a just the flutes. <laughs> that shit might have been really really dope. Um, so first of all, I wanted to I wanted to talk about the album a little bit. Um, because obviously it's the talk of all the world. First, like. Yeah. First, first reports leaked out like Monday that like, oh my god, we're getting an Andre 3000 album this the end of this week, and then like yeah. an hour or so later, it was like he there was news that came, and he was like, I am not rapping on this. Like there is mm-hmm. no rap on this record. Immediately when I saw that, when people were like, oh, new Andre 3000 album, I was like, ain't gonna be what y'all think. I, I knew from jumping wasn't gonna, ain't gonna be. be that because this brother has been telling us. For a long time that he don't want to rap no more. Yeah. And y'all niggas need to accept that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One, that was what I loved most, probably from the interview more than anything else, is that I enjoyed him talking about like, hey man, I just don't have that feeling inside of me anymore. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I I think that um I'm trying not to be like I'm not I'm trying not to like go as hard as I really want to because a lot of the discourse around this shit has been annoying me Mm -hmm. Uh, because I honestly feel like a lot of uh, rap fans are acting like Andre's like their dad that like walked out and went and got milk Mm -hmm. or like a pack of cigarettes and never came back. They're like, oh, how dare you not come back to rap? But I think that um, it's perfectly reasonable for someone who's mastered a craft, not saying you can't do anything more with it because you always can, but someone who reached a certain level of mastery in a craft and that mastery was tied to an industry and fame 
and fucking emotions and probably trauma and mm-hmm. joy and all this other baggage that comes along with you mastering that craft. If you've never done that, I can see why it would be hard to understand why he has a complicated relationship with it. But he does. He poured him and Big Boy. Yeah. And any motherfucker who gets to the point where they can execute on the level that they executed and like the depth that they executed with. That shit's not just you're not a fucking jukebox. Yeah. Where you could just rap, raps, raps, raps. You poured a lot of yourself into that. Motherfuckers break themselves on this craft. Yeah. To be able to really be nice, you got to break yourself. Uh, uh, that's not like, that's not like, uh, you know, I don't know, you you get a job uh, at Pizza Hut and they show you how to like flip pizzas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to change yourself to be that good. That shit creates a complicated relationship with the craft and the art form. I don't blame him for not wanting to do the shit anymore. No, he 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 can't see. And I, I watched the GQ interview too. It seems like he can't see a way for him to do it in a way that feels good now. Yes. Yeah. So he's just opting out. He's doing the thing that makes him feel good. A lot of us on this planet would feel a lot better if we did that shit too. A thousand percent. You know, re- art form, relationships, whatever. If we cut off the things or let go of the things that didn't suit us and leaned into the things that made us happy, a lot of us would be a lot happier and a lot more well-adjusted. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm seeing. Yeah. You know? I, I what I One thing I love is that, like you said, he doesn't see, he doesn't see himself as just a rapper. If that makes sense, like yeah. he doesn't see his value as only being mm-hmm. like, oh, my only value to the world is me as an MC, yeah. and that's where my that's where my self worth comes from, and that's where my value comes from. And that's not to say anybody who's forty eight and rapping is doing that. It's just saying simply that <clears throat> my value to the world is not just in this one thing. I can provide value in the world in a million other ways, and. Um, my my the artistic freedom to just do it m- makes you feel good, and as yeah. somebody who does not see themselves as like one specific thing, like I don't I don't plan to just be a documentary filmmaker for the rest of my life, or to just be this thing to the rest of my life, or just be a podcaster, yeah. or just be this, or just be that. Maybe when I hit fifty, I'll just be like, hey man, all I want to do is paint. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I do now. I just paint and I live my life. And part of me really loves the aspect that he talked about just being like, do I want to start doing this again? Do I want to open right. myself up to like doing all the shit that I never He's considered it? Yeah. Like that I never liked about the shit that I did. Like now I have to do interviews and now I have to go on promotional tours and now I have to do all this stuff for something that I just want to give the world and just like allow it to be. Yeah. And I value that so much as an artist, man. 
I do. I love that idea that like also the idea of like he kind of lives in anonymity because he like just wears fucking overalls and like you know work shirts and shit like he was rocking like the Oshkosh yeah, like <laughs> that he, interview he just wears like regular clothes and like kind of is hiding not, not hiding himself but lives in like LA so it's like you see famous people a little more regularly. We uh, a friend of ours was just out in LA and he was at a show and was like, "I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I saw the bull from uh, Camille Nagiani, the bull from uh, Silicon Valley, and was in uh, um, uh, was in that fucking uh, Marvel that not Marvels. He was in uh, the Eternals and Eternals? shit. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm pretty sure I saw him at this show I was at the other day. And I was like, yeah, you might have. Yeah. It's fucking L.A., bro. Like L.A., yeah. It's New York is yeah. the same way where, like, people, like, kind of, like, there isn't that, uh, the celebrity, like, people just walk down the street. There's a, there's so many people in New York and L.A., like, the, like, you're just, like, more of a normal person. And I do, I do like the fact that he was, like, talking about, like, yeah, I come to this fucking laundromat and do my laundry. And, like, most people have no idea who I am and, like, just leave me yeah. alone. And when it's time to play music and make music, he has a community. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Folks, um, on this album, um, I kind of had a sense of what it was going to sound like seeing like the list of collaborators. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Carlos Nino uh, co-produced this record. He's uh, a fantastic uh, multi-instrumentalist and, and producer. You know, um, Mia Doy Todd is on it uh, singing. I knew, I just said this to somebody, like when I saw the names on this record, I was like, okay, Andre's been in LA, you know, on a spiritual wave, and he's been linking with folks who make music that are aligned with that. So I knew. What he well, even before I heard it, I knew it was like okay, it's probably gonna be like a little ambient. It's probably gonna be like meditative and and spiritually inclined, and you know, is I think that uh, a lot of the reaction from uh, rap fans in particular to this, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because this isn't something that this reaction isn't something that would be limited to rap fans. If Taylor Swift tomorrow decided to make a free jazz record, <laughs> her fans would be like, what the fuck yeah. is this? So it's, you know, it's not just limited to rap, but I think that, um, part of what annoys me is that, uh, hip hop is, uh, hip hop contains so much sound. Like you could take, from so many different things uh, and create hip hop. But then that process uh, is hip hop allows for that process to be reversed too. You could sample from classical music and you could sample from free jazz, noise, rock, whatever. But you can also become that mm -hmm. through hip hop. You look at somebody like Mad Lib, Mad Lib plays a bunch of uh, instruments now. He's somebody who started with just turntables and a sampler making music that way. And because hip-hop uh, allows for us to listen to so much and pull from so much, he learned how to play that music mm -hmm. that he was sampling. 
You know what I'm saying? So I look at this this path that uh, Andre's on musically, wanting to explore something outside of rap music. In a way, you could argue that rap music really led him to this. Yeah. And the the openness and the freedom that hip hop allows for uh led him to this and he may not have gotten there without, without hip hop music. You know what I'm saying? So it, it annoys me that people are like, "Well, why he not rapping? Why he not, you know, doing hip hop?" He's doing another thing because he has the fucking room to. You know what I'm saying? Like let him let him Absolutely. do his shit. You know, he he might he might want to rap next year. Or not. Personally, I'm not invested in that shit. No. There, whether or not he rhyme or not. There was something you said about Jay Electronica that I, I think resonates here very much as well. Um, when people were complaining, like, yo, before the album came out, and people were complaining, and you were just like, yo, man, he's giving us a ton of music. Like, there's plenty of Jay Electronica music out there if you want to hear it. Yeah. When I think about that, and I go, like, man, Dre's giving us plenty of verses, bro. Like, a yeah. billion verses and they're dope. I love Andre 3000. He's one of my favorite rappers ever. I also really love that he gets to play in this sandbox and do what he wants because yeah. as an artist who wants to play in a million sandboxes, I don't want someone telling me, no, this is the lane you're in. Yeah. And like you said, one of the beautiful things is, yeah, like as a person who grew up in hip hop culture, Every piece of art I make will have, will be informed by hip hop culture because it's what is inside of me. It's the culture that raised me. So everything I do will be informed by hip hop, no matter if it's documentaries or movies or fucking TV shows or whatever, painting or fucking sketches. Like everything is going to have a piece of that inside of it because that's the culture that raised me. And Dre is, still going to have like like you said like hip-hop is still a part of it it's just like that's not the that's not specifically quote-unquote the music he's making right now right which is fine yeah i i think that also um we we are in an uh, era right now where music fans are very entitled Mm mm-hmm you don't got to like shit that come out. You know what I'm saying? It's a ton of shit I don't like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, every day I hear some shit, I'm like, oh, nah, yeah. no, not for me. But I think that we we live in this era because uh, music, um, the delivery of music has been uh, geared around uh, being on demand. You know, you can self-curate. You know, we didn't self-curate shit when we were kids not really i could make you a mixtape or steve make me a mixtape shout out to steve you know what i'm saying make me some crazy shit i give you a tape he give me a tape and we self-curated that way but largely our musical experiences we would show up at a party a dj somebody was playing (laughs) records and they played what they played you turn on the radio the motherfuckers was playing whatever they played when you was a little kid your parents played anita baker in the crib you sat and listened to that shit now music fans uh i think are so used to hyper curating their musical experiences I think that it breeds a level of entitlement where now 
people want to curate the actual music that's being made. I'm, I hope I'm not like jumping out the window with this shit, but like it, it feels to me, even on the DJ tip, you know what I mean? I've never experienced a time frame when people have been so specific about their demands for what they're hearing in a party. I wasn't asking the DJ shit as a young boy. No, I just played the music. It, it was rare. It was rare. I can count on my on my hands. I think I went to a party once when I was like 18 and I asked Rich Medina to play some shit. You know what I'm saying? But like generally, I showed up and danced or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now We never went to Fluid muff- and was like, yo, play this. <laughs> hey. Yeah. yeah I, got, <laughs> I, I know what you should play next. I'm definitely editing this shit out. When I DJed the Beyonce event, mm-hmm. um, at one point, now mind you, I'm playing, and everybody's like they're like rocking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, as I'm, I'm like, if humbly I can see, so I'm doing my thing. One of the uh, one of her team, uh, like one of the people on her team, this motherfucker is standing next to me. With a laptop, with a playlist, like, oh, yo, can you play? Can you play this next? Can you play this next? I think that the hyper curation, uh, the hyper specific curation, being able to make like, oh, playlist for this, playlist for that, all of this, or everything's on demand. I think that is it's uh, creating like an entitlement, and I think that that entitlement is bleeding into how people are receiving music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Andre is one of the greatest MCs to ever live. I absolutely understand why niggas don't want to hear a non-rap album from one of the greatest people to ever rap. Like I you know I'm not I'm not unreasonable. I get that. I think that the uh hostility to this and like uh people clowning him for what he's doing and and all of that stuff. I think that 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 has something to do with this uh, entitlement culture mm-hmm. in music right now. Yeah, I I I agree with you. I I I think exactly what you said is completely true. I think there's so much of like a demand on artists now, specifically bigger artists who like can get like that demand. Like think look at the demand Rihanna gets about new music. Like, yo, make new music, make new music, make new music, make new yeah. music. She announced her baby and people were in the comments like make new music, make new with music. With an album, with an album, yeah. At, yeah. That shit too. Yeah. So like I think there is definitely that demand. We we demand this. Or, you know, yo, oh, this artist hasn't been out in a, in six months. Where is their m- new music at? And it's like, yo, when we were kids, man, people took years to release new music. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think there is such a uh and I think the the market is very like demanding of it cuz they want new music like part of it is just like the capitalist nature we live under and, and where it's like a commodity everything's a commodity so everything needs to be like uh you know consumed and it consumed as fast as possible so you can consume the next thing um and one thing I'm glad about we were supposed That's to definitely what it one is. thing we were supposed to do we were supposed to record this uh podcast on Friday and the album had just came out. I hadn't really had a chance. I had listened to it, but not really had a chance to sit with it. Um, and I'm glad I didn't do it on Friday because on yesterday, Sunday, I sat and my favorite record is the the night 
I turned it that night in Hawaii where I turned into a panther and was perfect. However, like, dude, I'm bad with like regular titles. There's no way I'm ever gonna remember all of these titles. <laughs> this shit, yeah, dude, they're like 90 yeah. words long. I, I like, I can't. I'm bad. Like, I'm, I'm bad with like two word titles. So that that night in Hawaii, Roland, I listened to. First of all, I want to score a movie with that song. Like, I think you could take that one song and score a whole fucking movie. I think it's beautiful. But I also was having some anxiety yesterday. Um, probably just because mm. I drank way too much fucking coffee and had like too much like caffeine running through me. Caffeine. But I was having really bad anxiety. And I put that on in my headphones and I just sat there. And I I had some football on in the background, but silenced. And I was just listening to the song and just listening and watching television. And I felt so much calmer. And then I listened yeah. to the first track, whatever. I forget the name of that one. But uh, I listened to that first track. And like I just listened to those two songs and was like, you know what? One thing. Listen, I don't know, man. I may listen to this. I may like hear this in, in a mall and go like, I think it's just the relaxation flute music that you hear at most like <laughs> massage places. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Like, honestly. In general, I probably wouldn't know if I wasn't looking at it saying that this is Andre 3000's music. But here's the thing. doesn't matter. It's good. makes me feel good when I listen to it. Um, And it... It's not, but you know what? It's also not made for me to like jump in the car and go ride around listening to it while it's like thumping through my speakers. That's not what this music is, man. Y'all motherfuckers don't got no chill mode. Like, like, (laughs) sit down, man. Sit down and listen to this record (laughs) and you'll feel good. Like, it feels good to listen to. Like, that, I'm telling you, that Night in Hawaii record, like, some of like the music on it, I think it, Mm. and I feel like it could score. Like a spaghetti western, or it could score a samurai movie, or it could score like yeah. there's so much it could do. It's so like dense and and that's another thing, dude. First of all, these songs are like ten minutes long, all of them. <laughs> a lot of music, yeah. <laughs> like you can't. I could not sit there and give you a real opinion about this album after listening to it one time. Like, dude, they're ten minute long songs. Oh. Niggas was on the timeline immediately. Like, oh, <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you can't, man. I need uh, to sit with this right I'll throw out like a little observation or yeah. whatever as I'm going, man. Motherfuckers be trying to sum it up as soon as this shit come out. Dude, it's a 13 minute long song. You can't sum that up after listening to like three minutes of it. Like, you have to listen mm-hmm. to those, those songs. And they're dense, but that's what they're made for, though. They're made to sit and listen to. That's, right. This is not an album that you throw on to have a good time at the club. Like yeah. that, but that's, but so for me, one of the most beautiful things about this is this is an easy way to explain to people who do not understand that, like, all music isn't for all things. Like, this music is to sit down and contemplate and listen to and relax. And, like, that's what this music is for. And, yeah. you know, Sexy Red makes music for you to go fucking have fun to and listen to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most Def is making a record because he, you know, he wants you to listen to it. Or Jay Electronica wants you to listen to the words. Umi Says is a deep spiritual song. And it's church. That's that's church music, right? But, you know, and, and Kid Cudi's making music like that. But then there's, you know, fucking Young Miami making music that you want to turn up to. Yeah different energy yeah like it's beautiful it's one of my favorite things bro is 
that that um, storyline in um, Abbott Elementary, where the janitor is talking to uh, everybody hates Chris, and um, oh yeah. He tells him that that's that's his name. Yeah, I do. I'm bad with names, you know. Like you know, I'm terrible. I don't know any. I I know Quinta Brunson is the one person's name I know for sure mm-hmm. on the show. Um, he tells him he's talking to him about like because uh, my man wants to be the the principal, and he's like, but this is what I trained for. This is what I wanted to be. And the janitor just tells him like, yeah, man, like I didn't always want to be a janitor. I was a million other things. I've done a million other yeah. jobs in life. And I just want to live a life where I can do a million different things, man. Like I, I I literally want to live like the Marxist dream of like, to, you know, I want a fisherman in I want to be a fisherman in the morning, a poet in the afternoon. And, you know, I want to do as much as I can, because I think like we only get one shot. Like, I don't know. As far as I know, we get one shot here. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I want to play in as many sandboxes as I can. Yeah. I never met a job I wanted to do from the cradle to the grave yeah that doesn't seem interesting to me man not a not a single one nah doesn't seem interesting to me so shout out to andre i love that he was able to like do this and um explore his art artistic and like yo man we like you said if you thought you was getting a rap album i'm sorry you haven't watched (laughs) my man in the last 20 years he been letting y'all know (laughs) He's been letting y'all know. Yeah. Yeah. Do he change his mind? Nah. And it's beautiful. Or you I love assumed it. or you, or you assumed he couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Like, listen, man, people contain multitudes, yo. People contain multitudes. Yeah. No one's a no one's a monolith, man. So like allow people to live a a full life. Yeah. Um, I do want to jump into some new music before we get out of here. Do you listen to anything new this week? Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Blackhead's new album, The Aux. Uh Blackhead, uh, for folks who might not know, uh, is a producer. Um, he's He's been wrecking shit for a while now, uh, many, many years. And this album, I said it on uh, the New Music Friday show, uh, but this album is like a producer album. It's kind of like uh, like a Marley Marl in control, that kind of thing, where you have like one producer and just a bunch of vocalists mm-hmm. like rhyming over the beats. And yeah, like Blackhead's beats are crazy. And just like the guest list from this record is is out of control. Like Casual is on it. Uh, Billy Woods, Arm and Hammer, uh, Breeze Bruin from the Juggernauts is on it. Aesop Rock. You got younger cats like Navy Blue. Akai Solo is on it. Akai's song is is real crazy. I think it's called uh, "God Is Busy." Mm-hmm. Like just some of the shit he's saying on that song uh, is like out of control. Uh, he 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 starts it all. He says something about. Uh, like he's like standing at a uh, at a well and his wishes aren't being answered, something like that. I was like, yo, what? But yeah, this this album uh, is fantastic and it's really um, one of the best. Uh, we're talking about like with beats mm-hmm. and like a, a producer led record. It's like one of the best records of the years. Uh, Blockhead, The Ox, fantastic record. If you like beats and you like people that rhyme like really really well yeah 
this is like right there for you. Where? Uh, all all streaming platforms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shit's everywhere. Cool. Um, I checked out uh, Red Veil um, playing with fire. A younger dude, I think he's like 19. Um, but he, so he, I saw him, I first got contacted with him this week because um, he did a show, Flognaw, I think it's called. He was doing like a festival oh, okay. somewhere overseas. Mm. Um, but he, uh, he stopped, he, like at the end of his show, he started playing, he started showing all these names and it was names of Palestinian kids who were killed. And he was like, yo, all these oh. kids didn't make it to four years old. I saw that. Yeah. So that's how I saw him. And I was like, yo, who is this bull? Um, Cause sounds like a dude I want to fucking know. You know what I mean? So I, I checked his music out. He makes sounds really similar. Uh, not similar, but like in the in the vein of like a bull bay, very like that up tempo, oh, yeah. like fun. He describes his music as like up tempo, like fun in the madhouse music and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. He has a track called "Running Out of Fucks to Give," that is oh, amazing, like really really good. Um, so it's called the the album. Uh, playing with fire by red veil um he's a maryland dude uh so he's you know he's not far from us shout out to him yeah. uh but it makes like very like up-tempo like fun sounding music but like there's messages in it it is very you know it's dope lyrically he's dope he's solid um and you know shout out to him because it's not easy you know like saying some stuff sometimes and when it's not popular, it's not easy. But like speaking yeah. out against genocide, now, yeah. yeah, speaking out against genocide is always important. So shout out to him. Um, but yeah, those are the two new uh, albums for the week. Check them out. Um, besides that, I think we can wrap up. Um, you can catch us. Seri- oh, first, make sure I say this: we have a show coming up, December seventh, a live show. Uh, make sure you grab tickets. There's only a few tickets remaining. We just found we just found out over the weekend. There's only a few tickets left. So um, that shit fitting to sell out. Yeah, it's fitting to sell out. So if you're going to come, make sure you grab tickets now. Uh, link is in our social media. Um, I'll be posting it again today um, and like posting it this week until we know it's sold out. But like, there's not a lot of tickets. Seriously, there's not a lot of tickets left. So if you want to grab some, grab some now. Um, and besides that, you can find us at Serious Rap Shit on Instagram and Twitter. You're John underscore Liberator on Instagram and Twitter. I'm JL underscore CCM on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we have Serious Rap Shit Vivo. If you look up YouTube, Serious Rap Shit Vivo, our Vivo channel, over a million views on there. We're actually past one. We're almost at 1.2 million views on there, which is insane. I can't believe that. Um, yeah. There's new stuff going up there all the time. There's exclusive stuff up there so go follow serious rap shit vivo you will not be disappointed um also serious rap all our merchandise is there go support an independent podcast besides that we'll be back in soon peace peace me and my friend take his rap shit